0: Sounds Sounds Hello, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls and patriots of all ages. Welcome to In Black and Right we are the new definition of color commentary. I am Jerry Brooks, the baby-faced assassin of freedom, also your tour guide through the whacked out alternative universe, which is Joe Biden's America, and here we are on a post-Hurricane Ian WTF Friday. (laughs) Yes, my friends, it has been quite a week to be sure so uh, so I do apologize at first not being uh, consistent this week but yeah I had a lot to do and to get ready for as Ian did a number on the state of Florida especially down on the southwestern part of the state along the Gulf Coast uh, cities like Fort Myers Naples, Port Charlotte Sarasota got a lot of the storm they took a lot of the brunt they are still dealing with flooded areas the water hasn't completely receded yet, Uh, there was plenty of rain and a lot of wind uh, along the right around the Tampa St. Petersburg area so yeah, I mean to the point where the storm was so powerful, it sucked a lot of the water out of Tampa Bay Uh, which was really weird to see. Uh, But the water will be back, and for some uh, rivers and streams, yeah, they will... The water will come back. I'm just hoping it doesn't cause damage or cause even more damage uh, that's already taken place. Now, the storm has left Florida. It is right now already been hitting the Georgia coast. Uh, Cities like Savannah and Brunswick. And its next target seems to be the Carolinas. Uh, South Carolina first. Uh, Cities like Charleston. And for my friends in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. Hey, get ready and batten down the hatches. Uh, Ian did pick up speed and strength uh, when it got over the Atlantic. And so now it's a cat one again. It was a tropical depression for a while, but now, uh, it's now a Cat 1. And so, it's looking to also hit the North Carolina coast, the Outer Banks, uh, places like Wilmington, where I have some friends there, uh, Cape Hatteras, a little further north, and maybe even parts of eastern North Carolina. So, the storm ain't done yet. It's definitely not quite done yet, but... I am absolutely proud and thrilled that the state of Florida has a governor who is doing his job. And and he's not being partisan about it. I mean, Governor DeSantis really hasn't faced uh, storms like this, natural disasters of this magnitude during... Uh, his tenure as governor but he was nothing short of brilliant nothing short of brilliant and showed why he is a leader a real leader he was all over the situation last friday but long before the storm even hit cuba so yes He was doing his job, and I saw a lot of it on the ground. Now, where our studios are, here in north-central Florida, we dodged a bullet. Thank you, Lord. Yeah, we dodged a bullet. We were expecting rain and tropical force winds and a lot of other things, but the direction of the storm changed a bit, so we... Were, we were not nearly as affected as other parts. So I'm very grateful for that. Uh, also, uh, so yes, and, and, say, and this is just blows my mind. I and mean, this is a good story by just the news because it was highlighting uh, the leadership of Governor DeSantis during the storm instead of other media outlets and other sick, twisted leftists who wanted him to fail. They were highly critical of him, the, political, the politicization between DeSantis and Biden. Uh, but, pretty much, if Biden had his way, he would politicize this thing big time. But, because his... Uh, regime and his party are about to get shellacked, he had to, begrudgingly, you know, call Governor DeSantis, get a declaration, emergency declaration, and to get federal resources into Florida. Now, I'm very grateful that, I mean, it was kinda crazy, because really, this is the first hurricane, really, I've been in, and it really wasn't much a hurricane at least in regards to where I live but the folks down there on the South Gulf Coast oh my goodness you know I'm praying for them fortunately there are resources that were already pre-staged down there I saw caravans of power company trucks utility trucks from all over the place not just Florida but neighboring states like Alabama, Mississippi, Georgia, that came to help, and because it's going to be quite a job. Now the storm has left Florida, as I said earlier, but now comes the rebuilding, the recovery, finding people that might be trapped. Because I know the barrier islands that are down that way. There were people who were stuck on the islands, you know. But now the storm's gone. They've had Uh, The military, uh, the Coast Guard, uh, doing rescues of people, thank goodness. Sadly and tragically, one death had been confirmed. And I'm really hoping it's just one. And now, now comes the cleanup. And these power crews, God bless each and every one, they're trying to get the power restored to get The internet restored, communications companies like AT&T I've seen who are trying to get mobile cell towers so uh, cellular service that might have been knocked out during the storm can at least continue and folks can do what they need to do and call their family and friends to let them know how they're doing. I mean disaster relief organizations a fair amount of them faith-based down there Uh, on the southwest Gulf Coast. (coughs) Excuse me, folks. So there's a lot there. And, yes, it's nice that Governor DeSantis, at least in some media outlets, is getting a fair shake because he and the First Lady of Florida, his wife, Casey, yeah, they've been doing a fantastic job. They've been working with their emergency management people. Law, state law enforcement, county sheriffs, local police, they've done what they need to do. And it kind of scares me a little because I saw some of the footage from down there. I mean, down in Naples, Florida, the flooding was so bad that a, fi- a local fire station got flooded. I'm like, it's kind of ironic. I mean, these folks are first responders and they needed to respond Uh, At their own firehouse. That's pretty, it's pretty wild. But I'm definitely a lot more confident that things are going to get done in as quick a manner as possible. Because we actually have a leader. Not a politician, but a leader. And he didn't care about party affiliation. He just wanted to save the lives of Floridians. That is was his principal concern. And for that, Governor DeSantis, God bless you. Thank you, thank you, and thank you. So, now we're in the recovery mode. And I almost wish, you know, this is kind of a weird segue, I kind of wish that was the same for our economy. Because today, September the 30th, is the last day of the third quarter. And, well... Put it simply, it's not looking good. It's definitely not looking good for the economy, for the gross domestic product, for inflation, or really anything. And this is the news that that the Biden administration and Democrats don't need and don't want. And they're going to try their best to spin it. They're going to try to put on the happy face. But No, you can't get really much of a happy face right now. You really can't. Because even the Federal Reserve out of Atlanta was, even back in August of this year, was definitely predicting negative GDP growth. And now, instead of being something that's just kind of pure speculation, now the likelihood has grown, and it's grown quite a bit. So much so that even CNBC, not exactly the most right-wing friendly, but on their website today, the headline says it all. Unrelenting inflation is taking a toll, leaving more Americans living paycheck to paycheck. I mean, to me, that's almost like, duh, yeah, hello, I mean, even the first couple of paragraphs of the article just, you know, makes me want to cry in some ways. I mean, I'll tell you. And it starts out this way. As of August, 60% of Americans were living paycheck to paycheck according to a recent Lending Club report, a number that hasn't budged much since inflation hit 40-year highs. A year ago, the number of adults who felt stretched too thin was closer to 55%. Even high-income earners are feeling the strain the report found. Of those earning more than six figures, so at least $100,000, 45% reported living paycheck to paycheck, a jump from the previous year's 38%. Now folks, let's get real here. The Federal Reserve of Atlanta was predicting this. We now have the mainstream business media talking about this. We are a mess. Now of course, the mainstream media will also try to avoid it as much as possible, but they can't anymore. Because when the third-quarter GDP numbers come out, do not be surprised, and I think a lot of Americans won't be surprised, that the economy has shrunk again for the third straight quarter. Now, if they're going to try the whole thing that they did the last time, trying to say, well, technically we're in a recession, it's like, no. If we get three straight quarters of negative economic growth, oh, we are definitely in a recession that hasn't been seen since 2008. You've got problems in the housing market. Housing markets are, are, are suffering. Mortgage refinances, ever since more interest rates have gone up, they've shrunk. Big time. So, Yeah. So if you want to try to say that (coughs) excuse me both if you're going to try to say that everything is all hunky-dory after three straight three straight quarters of negative economic growth then you're either on drugs or a whole-blown liar. And this is not the kind of news that the Biden administration and the Democrats need right now. They don't need it. Because it's going to already make a train wreck that much worse, especially given this report of 60% of Americans living paycheck to paycheck. That means you're one paycheck away essentially from economic oblivion. And it's not going to get any better at the current rate. If inflation is going to stay over 8%, if you're going to have to deal with rising interest rates from the Fed, and they've probably been a little too aggressive with these, you know, jumping three quarters of a percent every time. I mean, when President Trump left office, interest rates were around 2% or maybe a little bit more. Right now, we are at approximately 7%. That's huge! A 5 percentage point jump in less than two years? Don't tell me everything is fine. I mean, the people who say that the economy is fine, I don't know if they're actually lying or they're just like way too elite. And this includes independents. And there's and Democrats are still getting shellacked by independents. Poll after poll after poll. Just name the issue. The economy, inflation, gas prices, food prices, y- utility prices. And it's not going to get any better as the fall continues and moving into the winter because gas prices are going to go up. Heating oil prices are going to go up, especially in the regions of the country that get a lot colder, the Northeast, the Great Lakes, the Plain States. So yeah, it's not going to be fun anywhere. So why am I spending so much time talking about economics? Well, it's rather simple, because these are the issues Americans truly care about. Not climate change, not abortion, not threats to American democracy. We already, if anybody's actually paying attention, we know where the threats are. We know who is a danger to American democracy and and all of that. And it's not MAGA Republicans. Ooh, no. It's the FBI. Weaponized and the, DO and the Department of Injustice. These are the people who are the real threats to America. And once again, Miranda Devine, the columnist for the New York Post, has done brilliant work again. And her story that she came out with, with um, I'd say about a couple of weeks ago, in her la- one of her last columns, Um, talking about an FBI whistleblower named Stephen Friend who's from Florida and he was a whistleblower he came out and talked about all the shenanigans and all and all the other hinky stuff going on at the FBI in regards to assigning cases (coughs) oh my goodness excuse me my friends (coughs) but yeah it's crazy And yet, because of that, he was suspended, stripped of his badge of his gun, and, oh my goodness, that was just the beginning. Uh, Miranda Devine, and I want to play this, because it will tell you a lot of things of how thoroughly messed up things really are. Um, Miranda Devine, it was interviewed by Fox News' Laura Ingram on her show, talking about The involvement of Facebook and other social media, and some of the things that were done to not just uh, Stephen Friend, but to his wife, which is really messed up, folks. So, but it's just—it's not going to take long, just a couple of minutes. But I want you to hear all of this in its full context. It's crazy, folks. So this is Miranda Devine uh, on Laura Ingram just recently
1: conspiring to silence an FBI whistleblower. Well, last week, FBI Special Agent Steve Friend came forward to accuse the FBI of deliberately manipulating the way case files are logged in order to create false and misleading narratives about a rise in violent domestic extremism. Now, most of the cases relate to January 6th, but the FBI is kicking them to the field offices across the country, creating an illusion of some widespread threat. Now, Mr. Friend was then suspended by the FBI last week for refusing to participate in what he regarded as an unnecessarily heavy-handed raid over a January 6th misdemeanor. Then yesterday, the New York Post, Miranda Devine reported that Friend's wife sent a private Facebook message to the group, Moms for Liberty, who expressed that they wanted to help. Well, 30 minutes later, her account was suspended. For violating Facebook's community standards. Wow. Miranda Devine joins us now. Miranda, do you think the FBI demanded that Facebook do this? Well, I don't know whether the FBI demanded it or whether Facebook just voluntarily decided that they would start censoring any communications, uh, whether private or public, about this FBI hero whistleblower Stephen Friend. Uh, You know, Facebook has shown itself to be all too eager to do the government and the FBI's dirty business when it comes to censorship, and the New York Post knows that better than anyone. But in this case, it's very sinister... That, uh, you know, it, what it appears to be is that the FBI is spying on the private messages of either Mrs. Friend or the Mums for Liberty or they have some sort of an algorithm that's going through and censoring any content that mentions Stephen Friend. The F- mm,
0: mm, mm. Yep, folks. The FBI, along with big tech, social media, and Facebook, is definitely one of its biggest offenders, all too willing to do the dirty work. And I know it's not just Miranda Devine and the New York Post, but I've experienced it, some of it myself. Uh, my In Black and Right page on Facebook uh, has been shadow banned. I've had friends of mine call me and tell me, it's like, hey, you, your uh, in black and white page has been restricted. And I'm like, what? And, and I've received no indication of this. So yeah, uh, Facebook, uh, and I'm really considering getting rid of the darn thing. Because if Facebook isn't going to let me do what I do as a podcaster and report news and do commentary the way I want to do it, this is why I went to other social media platforms like Getter, uh, Rumble, and others that aren't going to screw around and tell me what I can and what I can't say. So yeah, that, that's pretty, that's spooky enough. And there's already been connections with other government agencies like the CDC. Uh, you know, oh, you need to, Tell them, oh, no, that's misinformation about COVID. That's misinformation. It's like, first of all, who in the Sam Hill tells them that they are the great arbiters of what's truth and what's not? We still have, at least I hope to God we still do, have a First Amendment. If you don't agree with it, that's one thing. But to censor somebody because you want to push for some messed up narrative? Uh, No, not cool at all. So, yeah. So this story with Stephen Friend and other FBI whistleblowers. Now, it's taken an interesting turn. Now, this is from two days ago, Miranda Devine's latest column in the New York Post. And I love the headline. 30 ex-FBI agents stand up to support whistleblower who exposed agency's political bias. So now, this article that Miranda Devine wrote, talks about some 30 former FBI agents, including a retired deputy assistant director, head of counterterrorism, and five SWAT team members have spoken out publicly in support of Stephen Friend. So this is just, this is trip. And one of the people that was quoted in Miranda Devine's column, is a retired special agent from the FBI who from San Francisco. And he said, quote, It's time to stop the FBI from being the enforcer of a political party's ideology. End quote. We need to reestablish, quote unquote, We need to reestablish the FBI as an apolitical and independent law enforcement entity that it always was. This is from the same gentleman named Ernie Tabaldi. Retired FBI agent from the Bay Area. And yeah, it's true. It's true. Stephen Friend, who may not know the story, he a 12-year FBI veteran, part of their SWAT team, has been just put through the ringer. But now his wife has Being monitored because the Moms for Liberty, which happens to be based here in Florida, what a surprise, wanted to help her and her husband and family because they have kids. So, yeah, and so now Mrs. Friend gets her account suspended by Facebook for a private message that was sent to her. Seriously? This is why... uh, Oh, this is definitely why. Should the red wave come, if McCarthy is so committed to America, the first thing out of the chute... Right? Well, first off, defund the 87,000 new IRS agents. That's number one. Number two, defund the FBI until they come to the proper committee and answer questions. Because this is not what the FBI's job is. It's not for any law enforcement agency, be it state, local, county, whatever. No, this is not what you do. And now that uh, Stephen Friend is getting out there and just being thoroughly trashed and, try, and I'm sure they're trying to make his life an absolute living hell. But no. Not, it, they're not just going after him. They're going after his wife. Now, w- oh mercy. I, I keep thinking about this and I just get all... I, I, I cannot wrap my brain around this. I, I just can't. Holy cow, folks! What is it? What is the FBI trying to hide? They're using uh, security clearances to silence any and all critics, but for the courage of a guy like Stephen Friend, and God bless you, sir, and thank you for ser- for serving the country and telling and speaking truth to power. That's what needs to be done. And this is why November the 8th is just the beginning. That's phase one. Phase two is going to be in January when the new Congress is seated. The new committee chairs have been named and they need to be ready to go on day one to start holding hearings, especially the Judiciary Committee. And the Appropriations Committee needs to basically say, Ah, no. 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 Just no. And the FBI needs to be held to account. I'm talking not just Christopher Wray, the director, but Merrick Garland, the Attorney General, as well. Then you throw in you know, all the other uh, usual suspects. You've got Mayorkas at Homeland Security, For his dereliction of duty and not protecting the border and lying about it. Ugh. That's just messed up too. But, oh my, 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 my. This is a story that is not going to be going away anytime soon in spite of the mainstream media. So, January is going to get real interesting, maybe early February. Getting these hearings started and bringing these people in... And to talk directly and make it public. Televise the hearings. Make it open. Because if you're going to do what the Democrats do, Republicans, you're no better and you have once again violated the trust of the American people as a whole and for the constituents that sent you to do your job. And you've already blown your commitment to America. So yes... So forget that. Uh, A couple of funny things that's really hilarious. At least to me anyway. (coughs) Mm, Excuse me. My goodness, it's been kind of rough today. But Just the News has a great story. Apparently, Bill Clinton uh, went to an event to honor the late Madeline Albright who was his Secretary of State, and the first female Secretary of State, and UN Ambassador, and she worked for him. But I love the headline uh, that, just the, that the, just the news reporter did. Bill Clinton warns Democrats not to let defund the police and socialism hurt them this election. I, 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 I had to do a double take on that one. Because I thought, did I read that correctly? So I read it again, and I'm like, yeah. Defund the police and socialism have already hurt them. The polls are showing it. Defund the police? Yeah. No wonder you have cities like New York and Chicago, Minneapolis, Seattle, Portland, Philadelphia, all with Record-setting crime rates. And the year has three months left. I mean, there are cities like Philadelphia that are heading for record territory as far as homicides and other various crimes. Defund the police was an epic, and I do mean an epic, failure. And now... It's to the point now, like in in Minneapolis, they are demanding (laughs) that more funding for police, and it's being supported by voters. So now, for all the woke white liberals out there who seem to be highly mistaken about a lot of things, you obviously didn't think through the issue enough Because the people who are going to be the most adversely affected, and I've said it time after time after time, it's going to be minorities, black folks, brown folks, maybe even Asian folks. It doesn't matter. Those communities that have the highest crime are going to be affected the worst, time after time, city after city. Do some homework. So, no. And... No, that this defend and socialism, please. We're seeing socialism. I mean, of all kinds. I mean, everywhere in all kinds of ways. I mean, mask mandates, vaccine mandates. What is being done to school kids even this year with masks and everything? Because you have Randy Weingarten on the American Federation of Teachers, which are a bunch of freaking Marxists. Marxists, they are control freaks and you even have teachers in school districts who are majorly in rebellion and they're not going to follow their school district's requirements for uh, anything that doesn't go in favor of CRT or or gender ideology or anything like that they are absolutely going into open rebellion and I say good Let them. Let them find out painfully. If you don't want to get with the program, then you do not need to be teaching kids. And your little opinion doesn't mean anything in the big picture. Nothing. It doesn't mean anything. Because I'll tell you this. What I saw during the Florida primary back in late August 23rd, when 13... 13 out of 67 school districts and their school boards flipped from leftist control to conservative pro-parent majorities. And of those places that did flip, one of them, I mean, not small towns, but big cities, big counties like Duval County, which is Jacksonville. Sarasota, that flipped. And Miami-Dade, the largest school district in the state of Florida, flipped to pro-parent conservative majorities. So, yeah, it's coming. The Moms for Liberty, the Moms for America, all these parents' rights groups, which really makes me kind of sad because we actually have to talk about parents' rights in 2022? Seriously? Because teachers and school districts think that they're all that in a bag of chips? Oh, my lord, folks. I don't even... That's best saved for another program, but yeah, this is absolutely (laughs) in-stinking-sane. You know, yes, defund the police. Socialism is hurting the Democrats. That's why there's a red wave coming. So, uh, President Clinton, bless you, but, uh, I don't think you're quite, uh, with the reality here, because defunding the police is an idiotic idea, and socialism is even worse, and this is why the Democrats are getting their butts kicked in so many polls, so many polls across the country, House seats, Senate seats governorships. Oh yeah, it's gonna be a real scream. State, even state legislative seats. So state legislatures are, are very important. So yes, as we are 38 days away from the most critical election, the midterm election, really since the time of the Civil War 1862, yeah Get out there. Stay focused. We are nearing the finish line. And remember, keep in the back of your mind that November 8th is just the beginning. Now, we have to... When that happens and you get all these pickups and, and Republican majorities, that means it's now time to focus on governance. Be, be ready. And if you have jelly... If you have invertebrate Republicans aren't going to start doing some serious due diligence oversight and if necessary impeachment then get ready to vote them out in 2024 because it is not time for invertebrates jellyfish belong in the ocean not in a swamp and yes it needs to be done it just can't be up to the uh, MAGA leaders like Matt Gates and Jim Jordan, Lauren Boebert, Marjorie Taylor Greene, the fabulous MTG. <laughs> so yeah, it needs to be more than that. So folks, keep focused. And now uh, that we are getting that much closer to Election Day, in go- uh, Black and Right is going to be doing even more, doing special, uh, special programs on our Rumble page. And also on our audio podcast. So yes, I'm going to be working. I'm going to be doing my part to help. So folks, just, you know, my fellow Floridians, I pray for you. I th- you know I thank God that at least if you've lost your house, if you lost a car, that's one thing. But don't lose your life. It's not worth it. A car can be replaced, a house can be replaced, but a life can't be. So, God bless you all, my fellow Floridians. Keep up the good work, and for my fellow patriots, have a great weekend. Uh, be careful out there in Georgia, South Carolina, North Carolina, and wherever the remnants of Hurricane Ian are heading. You stay care. You be. You stay safe. You be careful. And with that, my friends, have a great weekend wherever you may be. And remember that patriots come in all colors.